Hey, uh, did you know that you can subscribe to our YouTube channel? Yeah. Uh, we can even get updates for SportsCenter, apparently. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, every week we're hard at work trying to pick subjects that we think are valuable for you to, that we can stream to you. Because um, that's just, you know, how we operate over here. Well, welcome to another episode of Angular Air. I'm your host, Justin Schwarzenberger. And hey, today we are going to be diving into RxJS. We have some superstar guests with us today, but before we say hey to them, let's say hey to our panelists that we've got uh, today. Mike Brocky, how's it going, Mike? Uh, not too bad. Um, that ESPN sound was actually on my phone, but it's your fault because it was a notification about Angular Air going live on air. Wait, your phone, <laughs> your phone does ESPN notifications every time he says the words ESPN. <laughs> That's really impressive. I, I subscribe to that event. <laughs> this will be fun. We'll just keep saying that over and over again. All right, we also have uh, Austin McDaniel with us today. Austin, what's going on? What's up, guys? I was trying to come up with something witty of a RX reducer or something. I just couldn't. Sorry. All the pandemonium around your funniness. Okay. <laughs> All right, you got a little bit of a peek at our uh, special mm -hmm. guest here. They know a little bit about uh, RxJS stuff. And uh, hey, look, they're hella punny. And that's a fact because it's on the internet and that's got to be true. Look it up. Uh, we got Tracy Lee and Ben Lesh with us. How's it going? Great, great. Are you trying to think of a pun right now? I'm going to punt on that. So you got to come up with something Rx related. I could prescribe something for you. Yeah. Are you going to observe me? <laughs> That's good. That's good. I like how you guys combine latest and just both in front of one camera. That's pretty cool. That is. We are combining latest, and we've got this this lovely um, broccoli. Yeah. The broccoli. The shield of broccoli. It's the it's the broccoli angular. Broccoli's for the broccoli shagas. Angular. Broccangular. 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 It's the Mike um, Brocky. Let's make a shirt out of it. I'm a Mike Brocky fan. That's I'm going to have to try and turn that into an ASCII art and put it into an Easter egg in the CLI. But for, for anyone that's that's watching this, uh, Mike Brocky and I worked together how long ago, Mike? Oh, probably three, four years ago. Yeah, at a, at a contracting company in which I worked uh, on a variety of things, including um, maintaining images on websites and other exciting things like that. And you drew broccoli all over the place. In fact, if anyone is watching this, turn your volume up and, <laughs> and navigate to haddadsinc.com and you will. You're going to crash their website. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to crash their service. Yeah. They're going to be like, what's happening? This is more traffic than we've ever gotten. We have more than 10 people on our site at once. Yeah, turn your volume up, though. That's, really, that's the important part. And you have to listen to the entire thing. Yeah. Entire. I got to listen to that regularly. It was great. That was, that was Brocky singing, right? Um, maybe in his, in his, his, um, what barbershop quartet, right? I feel like Broccoli's the movie. Skokie, right? Illinois. He'd be like, I say H, I say H A. No, no, no. He gets into it. I say, does he, does he dance? Yeah. Come on, Broccoli. We can see you dance. Uh, no, no, not for that song. There's no dancing to that song. No. I'm a little sad that we didn't get a panda one though. Come on. Okay. Well, uh, next time, next time we'll get a panda. Next time, yeah. <laughs> You got you to earn your way in there, like Mike. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't have a logo, so hey, Austin and I, hey, we'll, we'll just hang out logo list. Yeah. 
great. So All right. Wait, so did we, did we introduce ourselves? Yeah, they introduced us. Okay. We introduced you. Why don't you tell the couple people out there that might not know who you are uh, a little bit about yeah, yourself? Everyone, everyone knows who she is. I don't know if everybody knows who I am. That's completely untrue. <laughs> but thank you. So this is Tracy. This is Ben. This is the Ben Lush. He also has his own hashtag, so Ben Lush. If you hashtag it, so Ben Lush will retweet you. Yeah, there's Our friend a, Jay Phelps. There's wrote a it. bot. There's a bot. We were like, who did this? And then we found out it was Jay. We were Jay, like, yeah, Jay Phelps made it. And then he told me he doesn't know how to turn it off. <laughs> he doesn't know how to unsubscribe. That's pretty good. <laughs> so, so Ben, uh, you're the author of RxJS5. Five, yep. And you're also the lead of RxJS. Uh, I was the lead on the, the RxJS 5 project. I'm doing a really bad job at it. What yeah. is RxJS? RxJS is Reactive Extensions for JavaScript. And, and what it is, uh, it's Reactive Extensions started in .NET. Uh, so the idea is that the, a guy named Eric Meyer and some other folks at Mi Microsoft uh, were looking for a way to do like push-based reactive programming. And they kind of invented... I don't know if they invented a new type or they kind of pulled a new type out of um, iterators. They kind of pulled an in iterator inside out and they made this type called an observable. And an observable it basically gives you a set of events over time. And when you have a set of something, you can use uh, different type of different types of set math on it. So you can combine sets, you can map over sets, you can do various things with sets of events that makes this a fairly powerful paradigm for dealing with uh, asynchrony in any in platform. And then what happened was there was a project called Microsoft Project Volta where they were trying to make C Sharp compile into JavaScript. And I don't know where that ever went, uh, but That's the logo is, is actually that logo. The, the Project Volta logo is the RX logo. And um, the thing that came out of it was they had to port RX.net because it was very popular over to RXJS uh, for. Microsoft's internal uses, and they open sourced it. And so that was nine years ago or, or more. And Matt Podwiseki did that work, so he's the creator of RxJS. Uh, and then um, we've been using it at Netflix for quite some time uh, for a variety of things, both back end and front end. And uh, Netflix asked me to rewrite it to one, uh, kind of conform to the proposal that Jafar Hussein, who works with me here at Netflix, had in front of the TC39. And also to make it faster and a little bit easier to um, read in the call stacks, so you can see kind of what's what's happening. So that way, that, those are the major goals with RxJS five, and I think we've accomplished those. But I mean, we can still push more performance out. We can still and you did uh, final release debuggable. final release last year. Yeah, yeah, last year. Um, what was it like? like the, two weeks ago, last year. Uh, it was. It was like this, it was like December or or November. Was the, was the final release, I think in November. And then I just wrote a really thought literary article. We call it thought littering. Um, we thought littered on the internet. So medium, the this dot media medium, this dot media. So it's really what it is, she, she writes articles and then I go through and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Cause That's I'm like, well, cause Ben explained like reactive programming to me and RxJS and he was like, and I was like, oh my God, it like, Reactive RxJS literally like it it um, unites all of computer science so that everything can talk to each other. All of it, yes. It's like it's revolutionary. Yes. Right, and he's like, 
that's kind of a so I put like it's a bit of a hyperbole, but but I mean it's true, right? And it unites all of computer science. This is what gets me. If, excited. if you want to make your work sound really exciting, just have Tracy write an article about it. Yeah, just explain it to me. I'm like, oh my god, this is the most amazing thing I've ever heard. But yeah, it's a pretty good article though. So it's on it's on it's on the medium, yep. and uh, yeah. So how is uh, I, I do have a question for you. How is you talked about observables in like the TC39? Like how is Rx different from that? Uh, so Rx is Rx is different in that Rx is a library that's kind of a re reference implementation for what's happening with the proposal. Um, the proposal, of course, is always going to be a little ahead of where RxJS is because it's much easier to change a proposal than it is to change a library that people are using, right? But um, the older versions of Rx, for example, like the observer had methods like on next, on completed, on error. Uh, in the newer version of Rx to, in, to be in line with what was uh, with the proposal that's before the TC39, the methods are next, error, and complete. Um, instead of having a dispose method, which is if anyone's done .NET development here, they have like iDisposable, and so when they ported it to JavaScript, they had a dispose method. Uh, we have an unsubscribe method uh, because that was what was agreed upon for the proposal uh, for JavaScript. So there's there's things like that, and then there's other stuff where we renamed um, schedulers that are you know that there's no scheduling in the proposal for just made them more JavaScripty. Right, right. So like the the proposal that's in front of the TC39 is the bare minimum observable. So it's it's here's an observable. The I subscribe thought those, an observer. I thought those observables were slow. I thought that was when it got squashed. Um, no, no, no. There, there's the well, it didn't get squashed. I mean, it's still there. Yeah, kinda. Why it's not broadly implemented? Let's say then. I was trying to figure out if that was a pun or um, not. <laughs> I was like, no, where's the pun? Where's the pun? <laughs> I was trying to think of one. I couldn't come up with it. You no, know, I mean the 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 observable. I mean the observable proposal is still on the table. It's not squashed. Um, it was stalled a little bit because it had been tied to the promise cancellation proposal, and that's that's been squashed. That's that's been um, uh, uh, revoked by uh, the same group that was that was championing it. So Google decided they didn't had internal disagreements about promise cancellation, and so that that proposal was taken off the table. And the reason it was tied to promise cancellation is because uh, the observable pro observable proposal was looking at having um, Cancellation tokens instead of subscriptions. Um, so it, I'm on the fence about that because, as an implementer, it would have made my life very easy to have cancellation tokens. But I think the developer ergonomics are not there. If if promises use cancellation tokens, then cancellation tokens would be everywhere because you'd see them in async await. You'd see them, you know, obviously with promises. Fetch would use them. They'd be all over the place. So then, you know, having one. So you can use it with observable would be, okay, no problem. I already have a cancellation token. I'll just use that. But when they're not being used everywhere, then you're looking at um, having to new up a cancellation token before you use an observable every time. And it's it's an extra line or two of code, and it's kind of annoying. So I think the other thing about um, RxJS is that if you start using it right now, you're going to get comfortable with using observables when it actually becomes native to the browser. Right. So it's like yeah. it's the closest implementation right now. So if you like look a at polyfill. so Rx is a polyfill. Well, yeah. I, th I think that there are people that are using either Rx or um, 
there's another refer reference implementation that's much less popular because it's it's not really designed for wide use. Like it doesn't have a lot of operators. It doesn't have. It was just like here's a refer reference implementation. It was developed um, by Kevin Smith, who was one of the champions of the observable proposal at the time. Uh, and some people use that, but there's there are people that have taken it and they're using it to polyfill in proposed changes to um, uh, event targets. So one of, one of the things that uh, the browser vendors are looking at is, well, what if you could take some DOM element and you could say like document on click and get an observable of click events, right? Um, so that there, the idea being that you would be able to model event target as observable instead of having add event listener and remove event listener. Um, which is pretty powerful because it's it makes it much easier to do things like drag and drop and compose other um, kind of hard to compose events uh, with with observables than you know if you're trying to do that with imperative code and add and remove event listener. Right? So. We've done some cool things with it. We've made a just before this. I think it was like ten minutes, and we made something that um, it it like actually. Kono added Konami code to my app. Right, right. So like, Tracy's so funny. She's like, let's use observables. I'm like, okay, for what? She'll be like, let's make this, when you, hey, when you mouse over this image, let's make this image change. I'm like, you can do that with CSS. Why would you use an observable for that? And then, for fun. And then we, decided, we, we decided we would do the Konami code. So. Yeah. so so where can I go to enter this? I'm, I'm assuming up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, or what? Uh, yes. Yeah, you'll have to yeah. give them the website. We'll be we'll be done. We'll deploy it in like, we'll probably soon after, after this. this. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. But it's on it's on it'll be on Lady Leap. But it's yeah. kinda cool right now. I mean, we haven't like attached it to anything, but you can at least do it and it'll tell you true or false whether you entered the Konami code right or not. Right. We're we're so. we're part way there. Nice. Does it have good emojis? We could we could make it I don't know, we could make it rain emojis or something. You know? Oh, Broccoli emojis and panda emojis. Do they have a broccoli emoji? There is none. Whoa. There's one right back there on the board. Yeah. No, we can actually just have it rain images, and it'll just rain that image because you took a picture of it, the broccoli image. And then like every time you enter Konami code, like broccoli rains down. <laughs> there apparently will be a broccoli right, emoji coming this summer, is what I've heard. Nice. In my right, emoji circle. Let's talk about uh, RxJS and Angular. And uh, you know it's it's pretty embedded in there, right? Uh, let's talk about that. Yeah, it's it's the only it's Angular's only dependency. Um, Angular is using RxJS for a, a pretty wide variety of things. Um, uh, everything from like form validation, I've seen. Uh, what about ZoneJS? Is that so? So ZoneJS is it's a it's a separate layer. ZoneJS is used in Angular to detect when uh, some async event has occurred, which means that something has probably been updated, and so they use that to kind of trigger their update logic. And there's actually a pull request uh, for RxJS five right now that that Mishko put in, and I, and I worked on with him. Um, that is meant to get slightly better behavior out of observables for ZoneJS, but. Um, I don't know if you want to get into that. No, no, I totally didn't mean yeah. to sidetrack you. I was just yeah. like, Austin was I thought that, so that Yeah, was you said that Rx is the only dependency. I was like, what about zones? Uh, I think zones is kind of built into Angular technically at this point. I, I think you you could consider RxJS as the only third-party dependency, I, I suppose, if I'm even if I'm even considered a third-party at this point. But 
So I, I have a related question. So with um, Angular moving to semantic versioning, is that in the plans for RxJS? I know there's a lot of differentiation between four and five. Is the plan moving forward oh, for yeah. RxJS to adopt it? It's it's solid semantic versioning. Like we, there are so many projects that use uh, RxJS here at Netflix that, um, and we all adhere to semantic versioning. That um, there's no way I could afford to have a breaking change in you know a minor version or something like that. So. Yeah, you're you're likely to see like uh, a version six come out that has some minor breaking change in it uh, in under a year. Like it's not going to be like this, you know, this coveted major version. Everything changes, sort of thing. That's not actually even true with with RxJS five. It was a it was a total rewrite, but a lot of the operators are still there. Like it's not a lot of the semantics are still there. Um, it's not hugely different, but but major versions after this. Are going to be um, the changes are going to be much more subtle, and the only reason we do a major version is if there was a breaking change, and and, it, and I mean like any breaking change. If there was a small breaking change to one operator, we're on version six, <laughs> right? Like it's it's not, you know, like I don't want people to freak out if they if you know two years from now they're like, why is this RX ten? This is crazy. Um, well, another exciting version. thing is we're doing um, this JavaScript. January 28th, and Angular Mishko is going to be talking. Ben's going to be talking. Also, React, Polymer, and Vue, um, and Ember, and they're going to be talking about like just like what's coming up. So Ben has been sharing with me some giddy giddy secrets that he's going to be talking to uh, really amazing people about for our contributor days. Yeah, we're talking about uh, you know kind of what. The changes were like kind of deep diving into what the changes were for RX five and yeah. what plan changes are for the next version um, and why, and then you know kind of getting consensus from the rest of the community that uses observables a lot to make sure that their needs are met. So, so, that's, so that's it's like thing. it's like two things. One is this dot JavaScript is great because you get to hear Ben every quarter talking about like what's coming up and also Angular and all the other frameworks. Um, and then the second thing is we started this thing called Contributor Days. Oh, yeah, I was talking about I know. And the first one is going to be February 3rd. So if you're looking to contribute and you've contributed already, it's uh, people like Igor and Rob from Angular, um, a ton of people from Facebook, yeah. Slack, Microsoft. And then we have like Jay Phelps and Paul Taylor yeah. and OJ Kwan and Matt Pavlosecki and these other folks from the Arts. Andre Stoltz. It's kind of like the like a mini TC39 for RxJS. Yeah. But just yeah. like how to move forward. And I think it's going to be pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, it'll be good. And I'm going to record it. And I'm hoping it's going to be like real housewives of <laughs> Silicon Valley. Like we're going to bicker. Well. <laughs> Dude, I'll, I'll, can we do that? I'll think of some, I'll think of some really good top, topics to get Misha going. Yeah, it would be hilarious. He's, he's, he's easy to get going. You said that. Um, I'll have him and Joffer fight. <laughs> fight. <laughs> have them do the like uh the what is it called? Like the Street Fighter. Oh, Hadouken. Thing. Yeah, Hadouken. I didn't want to say it, but like that's okay. I don't know if they can do that. So you said that. Echo. You say that Angular what? I'm sorry. I was saying that Angular, its only dependency is Rx. How does it like? What is it actually using Rx for? Uh, well, I mean, it's it's using Rx for a variety of things internally that I, I'm I'm sure I don't even know all of it, but uh, I know that it uses Rx. I think for some of the routing now. Um, 
I'd have to have that verified. Uh, it uses it for uh, forms validation. Uh, they're starting to look at having um, like cold observables uh, from templates. So like in your template, you can define like, I want this event to occur, but it's going to at runtime actually create that observable cold. So um, it's in the proper zone and all these other things. Um, so that's that's like a an active uh, issue right now on on Angular, um, but I, I think that it gets used more and more. And like uh, you've got ngRx, which is an Angular project, which is uses Rx as like a Redux style uh, store, and a series of other projects around that. So people use it for state management um, and a variety of other things. So it's it's because observables uh, are such a primitive type. Um, similar to like a function or a promise, uh, you know, how deeply Angular core uses it, I'm not entirely sure because I haven't really dug through that code a lot. Um, at Netflix, I tend to work on RxJS and Falcor uh, and or like React apps over the last uh, year or so. But um, the, uh, like the, the greater community tends to use observables an awful lot. Um, and they've, the two things have kind of been pushing the popularity of each other. I think that there's a lot of reactive programmers that are kind of excited that there's a framework that favors these things. Uh, and other than Cycle, which is a, which is a fantastic framework itself. Um, but uh, on the other side, like, there's developers that have never seen an observable before that are new to it. And once you start using them, they're kind of fun. Uh, people kind of overuse them, I think, when they start having fun with them. Um, but uh, you know that's obviously fed the popularity of RxJS as well. So, so how much does, uh, do developers working on Angular need to know uh, as far as getting into RxJS to really like do their daily Angular stuff? I mean, would you recommend that they dive in and know it pretty well, use it here and there? No, I, I think that um, I don't think you really need to know it. You'd, you'd need to know at least like the basics of an observable. You. You need to, so they don't do anything until you subscribe to them. Then it gives you some data. You should always you unsubscribe. Sh you should almost always unsubscribe from them. So just as a general rule, always unsubscribe. Uh, it gives you a subscription back. Like those, those basic things are all you really need to know to get started. Uh, the stuff you're going to want to know is, uh, you know, how to use operators to compose uh, various things because that's where the real power of it comes in. I, I think like to, to elaborate on that, it's, it's the idea of, which again, this is what gets me excited. It's the idea of being able to take something from your existing code base and do very little refactoring, but be able to add like really cool features or functionality in just a few lines of code. Like, correct? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> so it's like you're just able good. to do like really cool th If you understand it and you're able to understand that, um, RxJS is a language on top of JavaScript, right? Then you're able to like do cool things, and I mean the stuff that Ben's able to do. Like, um, my, what's my favorite? My favorite buzzword: multiplex websockets. Multiplex websockets. You do In just like a few lines. <laughs> multiplex websockets. Yeah. It's like shakshuka. Shakshuka. Yeah. Except for not as tasty as shakshuka. <laughs> I think one of the places it shows up, we talk, you talked about this a little bit, is uh, like in the forms validation and, and form stuff, right? Like in the reactive forms module, and we got a, a form control that we're doing like value changes on, right? Um, you want to debalance that and stuff like that. I think people start uh, seeing it in that case. Right. 
yeah, yeah. So there's that's that's one solid use case for RX, which is like you know client side rate limiting. So that's where I don't want to spam my server with a bunch of requests just because I'm typing in a form, but I want I want to have typing in the form actually request some data from the server. So then you can use like a debounce time, and it's as simple as is just adding in that operator. The the thing about RxJS that makes it nice is its declarative syntax. So the thing that makes it hard is uh, you have all these operators that themselves are uh, kind of a domain-specific language to dealing with sets of events, right? Um, but, you know, you can have some, like, here's my observable of, of input changes. I'm mapping it to the text values coming from this thing. I'm doing this, I'm doing this. And I'm sending out some Ajax and so on. And then you're like, wait, I, wanna, I don't want to spam my server. So you just add a debounce timeline in there. And it just works. It, it's declarative uh, in a similar manner to, say, HTML is a declarative language, right? If you add an H1 tag in anywhere, then all of a sudden you have big text wherever you added that in, right? If you add a debounce time in anywhere in your observable operator chain, from that point down, uh, the the requests are going to be debounced de from whatever came above it. So it's it's declarative. You can compose things very quickly and easily with it. And now when we're doing this, and as we're doing it in TypeScript, right, we need to import these operators that we end up using, right? Uh, you, yes. If, if you want to just play around with it in playground mode, you, can, you could just say import uh, Rx from Rx.js and you get the whole shebang. Um, if you're, I mean, I would only do that if you're playing around. In a production app, I wouldn't do that because it's going to import like all 60 plus operators and you're probably not going to use them all. Um, in Angular, what I what I do, and actually what I do with our other apps, even like uh, React apps or anything like that, is I create my own module, and in that module I say like export observable from Rx slash observable, and then I just have an observable with no operators on it, and then after that I say import uh, Rx.js add operator map, import Rx.js add operator filter, and so on, and then you end up observable that only has the operators that you're using on it. And then everywhere I'm using observable, I import from that module I made. And what that does is make sure your bundler says, oh, let's only bundle in the observables that are actually being used that we actually care about. Um, the, can, the confusing bit, and this is kind of a, a, it's a bit of a failing of JavaScript at the moment um, because we don't have like a function bind type syntax um, or extension methods like uh, C Sharp does, um, is that you end up having to mutate that prototype for every one of those import add operator so-and-so, right? So you could end up doing things, and we actually had this in Falcor recently where I was doing that, and then the tests were importing all of Rx because it's like different operators are being used in the tests, and that meant that I missed importing uh, some important operators in the actual production code, but it wasn't showing up in my tests, right? So there, there are, there are some, some bug bears with that, and hopefully we can get... Uh, the function bind syntax through the TC39 or something like it, uh, you know, the, the maybe pipe operator or something, and uh, that'll solve some of those pr problems. But uh, overall, you really do want that dot chain uh, because it's what enables that declarative syntax that makes things so easy to deal with. Man, that would be pretty sweet to have extension methods in JavaScript. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's my understanding is that the hangups around it are people who are like, well, how do we... How do we say that this function can only be used as an extension of this other particular type? 
Um, I, I think that uh, Yehuda, Yehuda Katz had like an interesting thing where he was doing something using the namespace keyword, which has been reserved forever in JavaScript to, to try to, you know, to try to like have some sort of declarative way to, to say what, what uh, functions can be used with what type. But um, yeah, I think that's kind of where the function bind uh, proposal is kind of stalled is that they don't really have a great way to figure out how to attach it to a specific type. All right. Well, while we wait for that, can, do we have a jingle out there, something that can help us remember like what that import path is? I mean, I, I know it's pretty straightforward, Rx, this, add, operator, this, but I always forget it. I put the operator after the add or before the add. Look at Tracy for a cup or something that can help me remember that. A, a jingle. I love jingles. <laughs> but we'll have Tracy write a jingle. All right, perfect. Because I, I got to have a better nursery rhyme or something to remember that. I, I always, I don't know, come back to it after a while and be like, oh, what right. this? if you could do it to the Haddad's tune, that'd be even better. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I don't know. I, I feel like, I feel like this is documented um, somewhere like the best practice as far as RX. Uh, Rob Wormald would probably be a decent person to ask for that as far as like in, um, in Angular world, maybe we could have uh, the Angular CLI actually add operators for you. Ooh. We think. Potentially. This wouldn't be an Angular Air episode without giving Brocky something to do. Yeah, like last last week we didn't do that. We didn't do our CLI stand-up and give him some action items. So, you know, that's, that's good. Thank you for doing that. I did have a slow week last week. Let's do the router, though. When's the router coming? It's, it's being discussed. NGG route. NG destroy component. I need it. You don't need to destroy components. Just do a rollback or uh, unstage your commits or your changes and Git. Use Git for that. It's better. All right. So we've talked a lot about observables, right? But there's these other terminologies that are, live within this RxJS uh, space, right? Things like subjects and behaviors and stuff like that. How much do we need to know about that? And is there like an easy way to kind of, I don't know, I, I always find that once I start getting into that and I see these other terms and start trying to do the mind map of what's going on with observables and then take it to these other terms, like how they fit in and it's like a lot to grok and take take in. So I don't know if we talk a little about that. The subjects are, I don't know, I could, I could whiteboard it. Let me whiteboard it. I have a whiteboard. Yeah, do it. As long as it requires zero erasing. All right, we're not going to erase. I want to race through stuff. All right, so if you guys can hear me okay. Um, so subjects are all over the place. If you ever look at the uh, the observer pattern, so the observer pattern, generally you have like a subject, and then you have this observer, right? And the observer, um, in, this, in this case, we'll just say it only has a next method on it that you can pass a value to, right? And what you do, the subject has like an usually an add observer method, right, that, that takes an observer. And then it'll also have like a remove observer method. This is, this is the gang of four, you know, you can look it up on Wikipedia or whatever pattern. What you do is you, you, you can register multiple observers with a subject. And then this, this guy also has a notify, and you might pass the value. And what this does when you notify it is 
well, you add when you add an observer, it adds it to this internal list of observers, right? It's a bracket. <laughs> and what it does when you notify is it loops through this list of observers and it calls next on them with the value that you passed in, right? So let me move you slightly closer. <laughs> so that's this is this is what a, a subject is, and, and that's the same thing in um, Rx, but uh, get a eraser. The only difference is we don't have a remove observer method here, and we don't have an add observer. Instead of add observer, we have subscribe. Right? So subscribe, we pass an observer to it, and it adds to a list of internal observers. And instead of notify, we have next, which makes it adhere to the contract of being an observer itself. Uh, and then for the remove, what we do is this guy actually returns a subscription, right? It has an unsubscribe on it. So when you subscribe, you can call unsubscribe. And that's going to remove it from the, this internal list of observers. So that's, that's what a subject is in a nutshell. Now, where do observables come in? Observables are actually a bridge, usually, between some subject and some observer. So you can compose a whole bunch of observes together. So if I wanted to take this subject, uh, whatever it may be, and I wanted to transform the values it's notifying, I would have like a map, you know, or two. Let's just have two maps in here. It's fine. And what that does is we have an observer for each one of those, and then it goes to our final observer. And this, this whole thing, the, an observer, all it really does is it sets up a chain, or observable, all it does is set up a chain of observation. So an observable is actually going to be used to kind of set up a, take an observer and tie it to some subject. Uh, when, you, when you create a new observable even, Say new observable, and it gives you an observer. And then inside of here, you create some producer, and you call, let's say, say if that producer is, oh, let's say it's got an event listener. So you say p add event listener, which could just as soon be add observer, right? Like, what's the difference between add event listener and add observer? And then inside of that, we take that event and we um, pass it to next on our observer. So this is our observable. And then in here, we're, we're also going to return some sort of teardown, right, where we remove the event listener. I'm just going to shorthand it, right, inside of, inside of there. So it's, you've got your setup and your teardown, and this is really a subject. If you look at it, add event listener, add, add observer, same sort of thing. So subjects are all over the place. People don't realize they're using them, but the subject that exists in RxJS um, is actually meant for the act of multiplexing for the most part. Uh, whenever you have... Um, Whenever you have an observable, since an observable, you subscribe to it, you give it an observer, and usually it's responsible for setting up some producer of data, be it a subject or whatever, and then tying your observer to it. 
And what that what that's going to end up doing is every time it creates a new data producer. And if you don't want to create a new data producer every time, then you need to we need to multicast is what you need to do. So you need to be able to notify multiple observers from the same data producer. And so what we do is we use a subject because a subject, when you subscribe to it, adds to a list of internal observers. And when you next something into it, it broadcasts to everybody. So that's, that's, where, that's where subjects really, uh, where, why they're really added to RxJS. So you can have functionality like share and publish, publish ref count, these sorts of things. Um, but yeah, subjects are observables on one side and observers on the other. But the, in, the, the thing about them is they've got this internal state where they, they uh, keep a list of internal observers that you're notifying whenever you next into them. Does that kind of make sense? I, I, I felt like I rambled a little bit about it. But. No, I think that's awesome. I think that's great breakdown, um, helpful. So uh, maybe also talk about uh, the HTTP module and how that uses it and, and what's going on there with observables. So the HTTP module is really, I mean, all, all it is is it, it is an injectable um, observable that you can use for, well, it's got a variety of ways that you can create observables from it, but basically it creates an observable uh, that is an abstraction over XHR, which is XML HTTP request. Um, and the reason that you'd want to use that over fetch is because fetch doesn't support cancellation currently. And uh, what you want to be able to do in a single page app is if you're loading a view and you say, hey, let's load some data for this view. And then someone knows, nah, I'm clicking away from this view. I don't, I don't care about it anymore. And they go to a different view. You don't really want to execute all the logic that happens after that request comes back. You don't want uh, the, the, the XHR itself, X, uh, XML HTTP request version two, will actually look at um, the headers coming back and be like, oh, this is JSON. I can parse that. And then that blocks your UI thread. Uh, there's garbage collection afterwards that also blocks your UI thread. And all for data that you're not using anymore because you've forgotten about that view. Um, the, or the, or the, the user left and they don't care about the view anymore. So if you abort the XHR, it doesn't hit any of that logic. It doesn't even attempt to, to parse it or any of that stuff. It just it, The request comes back and it just drops it. Uh, and what we've got with observables is uh, we're, we're wrapping that XHR. So we're creating a new one, we're sending the request, and then if you unsubscribe from the observable before it's done, it will abort that XHR so it doesn't you know, execute all your additional logic. So that's, that's why HTTP is written with observables in Angular 2. It's because it's, it's a slightly better abstraction, even though it's just for one value, for um, single page applications, because single page applications are long running and stateful, and you probably don't want to run um, all of your logic when you're done retrieving some data that you, you're not going to use, right? Which is fairly commonplace in, in modern apps. Um, you can also use it for things like uh, if you got your look ahead, you're, you're typing and you're looking, doing a look ahead and you're sending a, an HTTP request every, um, every so often off debounced you know, data entry in a, in a text box. Uh, it's able to abort the previous request if you don't care about it anymore. Like if you've changed the data you're looking for, you don't need that one to come, the previous one to come back. So that's, that's why it exists the way it does. And when we do subscribe off of that HTTP 
uh, service, then something's a little bit different than that, right? Than our regular, the other subscribe, right? It's like kind of one and done thing. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, I don't know. I don't know what's changed there. Uh, I mean, it, it, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be much different as far as the subscribe goes, unless they've changed the behavior to, um, to do some caching by default. I don't know if that's, if that's happened or not. If it has, I, I haven't had my eyes on it. But I mean, just in terms of like, if somebody goes and does HTTP get subscribe and they take their result, like their subscription is going to be completed as soon as they run that, right? Versus uh, another subscription on a subject that's just continuously getting data stream back. Just oh, um, well, I mean, the, the, the thing about HTTP get is it's not going to do anything until you call subscribe. And the moment you call subscribe, that's when it moves up the, the XHR. It sends out a request. Um, and, you know, when, it, when the, the callback in, inside that fires, when the next event fires, then you've got your data. Um, the, the difference between that and subject is basically that, you know, one is an observable that's going to new up a, a, an XHR every single time you call subscribe on it. And the other one is an observable that uh, every time you subscribe to it, it just adds a, to a list of internal observers. So you could, you could, you could subscribe to it with a subject and then tell everybody on that sub that's subscribed to that subject what value you got back from the XHR. But I mean, they're, they're two kind of two print Lego bricks, if you will. They're, they're, they're similarly shaped, but they behave differently. Right. And that was kind of the point I was trying to bring up was because like in the reactive forms, right. And you do value changes and you subscribe to that. You're going to, that the code inside your subscribes can continuously run for you as you get new values coming in. But when you right. subscribe to HTTP get, it's going to run the, after the one call and then you're done. Yeah. Yeah. So observable since they're, since they're a set of, of values over time, right. They could be a set of no values over no time or an infinite number of values over an infinite amount of time. So when you're looking at uh, HTTP, it's a set of one value over some async amount of time. Whereas if you're dealing with, um, you know, like mouse events or something like that, you know, obviously anyone that's ever hooked up a mouse event in console logged it will see that it, you know, you get a lot of events really quickly as you're mousing around. Um, and uh, those are also valid observable shapes. One of the things that makes observables really powerful is, um, they're all the, the same shapedness of the thing. So if anyone's into Lambda calculus, they probably, their faces probably just melted when I said that. But uh, the idea that you have this thing that, that uh, pushes one value at you over time, it's very easy to compose uh, things that are all the same shaped. Like so that you have this, that everything's, everything's a set of events and you can have a set of uh, speech recognition. You could have a set of, uh, mouse movements, a set of uh, values from an array, which is, you know, like an immediate set of values, right? Like everything, and, and it doesn't matter if I, if I give you, uh, if your function takes an observable of strings, um, you know, whether or not that string comes from speech recognition or comes from a WebSocket, it doesn't matter. I just give you an observable and you can, you can do what you want with it. So that's, that's where the power of it comes from, is you could, you know, have an interval that flat mapped into, uh, you know, HTTP requests, and that's just, you're going to get a stream, a steady stream of data off of that. Or you could 
just as soon change it into WebSockets, and you'll get a stream of identically shaped data off of that, just depending on how you scrub it. So. Somebody asked, uh, do you know how we can make our library AOT compatible? Is there any special configuration? A how do you like? AOT compatible? Ahead of time compatible? I, I don't know. <laughs> make it ahead of time. With Rx specifically? I don't know. I'm sure that's a delay, so. Yeah. That's a question for Mike Brocky. How do they make their library AOT compatible? Uh, RxJS is uh, anything that you're doing with RxJS is AOT compatible. Um, but the other libraries that you're pulling in may or may not be compatible with AOT, uh, depending upon the information that's being published to NPM. So it would be dependent upon which library, third-party libraries you're using, whether or not it can handle AOT or not. What, what about RxJS makes it AOT compatible? See, I don't even know this. It just it, um, <laughs> so there's nothing in RxJS that would need to be enabled for AOT. Um, but any dependencies that are brought in, uh, any mo any ng modules that are brought in, it needs to know the metadata about them, which needs to be published to npm, mm. which you can uh, create by running the ngc, uh, the compiler CLI against your apple against your third party library. My brain just melted. I love it when you explain things broccoli because you're like, <laughs> oh, it, it's stuff that I pseudo understand, not deep internally, but at least at a high level. You know. Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, I think now everybody's mastered RxJS, right? Uh, if they haven't, let's talk a little about your uh, Rx workshop coming up and what you got going on with that. Kind of give us a rundown of. Uh, I don't know what, how it came about. I'm kind of interested in how, how that came about and, um, and then tell us all about it. Well, I, the, me doing workshops in general started with an interest in, um, I do a lot of talks in RxJS. And when I do these talks in RxJS, I can only really scratch the surface. It's usually it ends up me explaining the basics of observables um, and people getting maybe mildly excited about it and then going and playing with it and getting confused and then quitting, right? And I, I would really like to be able to, or I really wanted to be able to dive into um, some of these topics in more depth, uh, you know, whether it's, it's talking about what subjects are, how to use subjects or multicasting or multiplexed WebSockets or any of these other things. Um, and I, I, with going to do talks, you can only really talk about like one piece of that. And a lot of the more interesting stuff, I have to preface my talk with, uh, okay, so you might not know anything about Rx, but there's plenty of talks about that, so you can go watch those. It's like the beginner talk. <laughs> right? He's I'm, sick of doing I'm the gonna, beginner I'm going to talk about this. He wants to do the cool stuff. Right, right. I don't get deep. So, uh, so the, my, my wanting to do workshops started with that. Um, the, first, the first workshop I ever did was the Angular Connect workshop last yeah. year uh, and it, it was it was really challenging I'd never written a workshop before you know it, it was it was challenging but it was a lot of fun and I felt like I finally had an opportunity to share more about Rx like more of my deep knowledge than than I'm able to share at a lot of the talks how uh, long was that uh, how long was the workshop it was yeah. eight hours it was eight hours yeah. yeah it was eight hours and and in all honesty I mean there's enough material on Rx if you go for a couple days uh, and <laughs> get you know crazier and crazier right but let's get drunk on drunk on observers <laughs> right Yay. let's get crazy reactive um but yeah so i uh 
the, the RX workshop came about because Tracy was like, well, let me help you organize this because I, I am not the most organized person. Tracy is the organized person. <laughs> so um, we decided to, to get together and set up a series of workshops uh, so I can, you know, yeah, it's better educate exciting. people about, think, about RX. I think one of the things we tried to do with the workshop was um, in the initial workshops that you were doing, they were very, like, lecture-based. Yeah, they were very lecture yeah. And... Um, so what we've done is we've basically taken all of those and made them into videos. So anybody who attends the workshop gets like a bunch of different videos before they can watch all the videos. I think it's a little under half an hour of just explaining things. Um, then you can go into the workshop and it's going to be very exercise heavy. So um, you just rewrote like the entire example yeah. repo, right? Yeah, I did the, I redid the whole thing. So it's not, it's no longer specifically angular based, um, it's agnostic. We, yeah, it's ag it's agnostic. We can do uh, we can do it in Angular. We can do it in in uh, React. But this specific uh, set of exercises is just like browser and Node, and that's it. Because you, I mean, RX is it's basic, and once you learn the basics, you can take it and apply it anywhere. I've used it in Ember uh, apps, React apps, Angular apps. Um, no. When we were trying to play with Firebase, that hot mess. That we're still trying to do. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah, it's a great. But it's yeah, great. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's it's uh, right now. I think there's like twenty five, twenty six exercises, something like that. Mm -hmm. And it it covers uh, some some things like animation. Uh, it covers all of the basics and you know merge strategies and trying to trying to think about things reactively. Like you know when you're thinking about imperative code, you're assigning variables to uh, variables. Right, um, but when you're when you're dealing with uh, observables, you have to realize that any variable in your system is technically a stream of values over time. So you, you try to compose those things together. So it, it's we, we try to dive into how to do those things. Uh, there's stuff around uh, reconnecting multiplex web sockets and all these all these fun things. And HTTP the bounce requests. one. I'm excited about the bounce. Yes, I. I yeah. I've changed one of mine to have bouncing ball animations that Trace is very excited about. So <laughs> it's easy to entertain me during these things. Yeah, <laughs> but no, it's exciting, right? So you talk about there's some videos that people can start watching right before they do it. I mean, is this something they can come into and go, okay, I, I know nothing about RxJS. I can take this workshop and and be up and running with it, or am I going to be a little lost? Should I do some prep work? Um, so the, the the prep work really is, I mean to help people with, with kind of the more simple things like what's observable of do, you know, so I don't have to expend, you know, you don't want to waste valuable time in a workshop explaining those, those sorts of basic things so that they'll, they'll cover that. Uh, arrow functions could use a lot of arrow functions just in case somebody doesn't quite understand uh, that because some people haven't been able to use that in their, their apps at work. Right. Um, and uh, you know, they, they cover you know, how to create an interval, and that that sort of thing with observable, so we can move on to more advanced topics in the workshop. Cool. Okay, so there's a website for this. People can sign up. What are the details on this specifically? Yeah, RxWorkshop.com. Uh, it's on Twitter at RxWorkshop. Mm -hmm. And we created a discount code for Angular Air. So um, all lowercase Angular Air, and you get fifty dollars off. Our next one is um, Thursday from 8 a.m. Pacific to 4, I believe. And then we're having one in person in March. 
in the Silicon Valley. And then we have another one online, I think in April or so. So yeah. at, or may, 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 maybe. It's yeah. good. I, I really like these events. Um, it's, it, I, feel, I feel like I've gotten a little better at it over, you know, the last yeah. few workshops. And uh, one of the things I like about it is usually, uh, you know, I get a, I get a chance to hear from people what they kind of want to learn. And I do try to make special effort to, uh, you know, cover those those topics or answer the questions. Like um, if it's all Angular based, then usually do examples of observables in Angular. Right, and Tracy actually devised uh, an ingenious way for people to ask questions during the workshop without, you know, having to ask it in front of everybody. Uh, you know, some, oh, some I thought you were going to talk about tattooing your face. Uh, <laughs> not tattooing my face. So two two That's ways. Number one is there's a Slack channel. And you get access to Ben after, so that's nice. But right. last time, I was like, okay, if everybody asks questions, whoever asks questions, if uh, you can tattoo his face. Yeah. I mean, we got one tattoo on your face. I mean, a lot of people ask questions, but I don't think anybody, like, they just uh, got them excited. I don't know if that was, that was, what I was talking about is they can ask questions uh, over the Slack channel and... Yes, that's it. Trace, Tracy will, will tell me what the question is, but she yeah. doesn't tell me who asked it. So if, if somebody's... Don't be shy. Yeah, somebody's a little shy to ask a question. And, and, yeah. and we got a lot of really good questions that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I like it. I get, a, I get a huge kick out of it. I like seeing people get excited about it. Uh, some people get frustrated and angry, though, too. Can we but, sing yeah. a song? Let, let us know when we can sing the Angular song. Okay, you can sing the Angular song in one, one minute here. Um, so, yeah, well, I think that as evidence of today, uh, you got a really good... Uh, presentation deal. You're you're really good at teaching us and, and showing us and and walking through the stuff and explaining it really well. So I, I think absolutely it's a showcase for the fact that your workshop is something that people know. People in the workshop, I, I actually type, so it's legible. It's not. Because <laughs> this was flipped around too. <laughs> all right, all right. So we got better font, right, in the actual workshop. Yeah, yeah, cool. much better. <laughs> all right, so. Well, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, we're going to do some picks, but do you want to sing first? Yeah, we'll sing first. All right. So this is a wannabe Spice Girls, okay? So <laughs> tell, tell you what I want, what I really, really want. So I'll tell you what you want, what you really, really want. You know want. the words. Uh, yeah. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to really, really, really want to zigzag. Uh, if you want Angie to forget the past. If you want components. Better make them fast. Now, now don't go wasting my precious time. Make sure your app compiles and you'll be just fine. <laughs> okay, we're done. <laughs> Enough torture. Uh, put, it, put it on wax. The cell is popping. One yeah. and G2. Wait, better forget the past. If you want components, better make them fast. <laughs> now don't go wasting my precious time. Make sure your app compiles. And see, he's embarrassed because he wrote the lyrics with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe maybe you just wanted to ghostwrite it and have somebody else, you know, to play it. Yeah, that's probably best. Most of the videos of me giving talks on the internet include singing. I realized that the other day. Mike's worked with me before. He knows that I'm ridiculous. Yes, it's fabulous. Ben loves to sing all day long. He loves it. Awesome. All right. Well, let's get to some picks. Um, I don't know if I, I probably didn't tell you guys that we do these picks at the end of the show, or maybe you did know. Um, if you got something you can shout out, I mean, you can uh, let us know. Um, so, 
Ben, Tracy, you got anything you want to kind of plug? It could be anything, tech, non-tech, whatever. Did Wasim ever open source the Google Home thing? No. So He's so popular on yeah. these picks. We'll, 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 <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to link it, but, but uh, Wasim and I always, I always murdered Manic his Nico. Yeah. Wasim Shagam. Yeah, I don't know. Wasim Shigam. Manikiniko. He, he's if you if you look on Twitter, there is uh, he made a Google Home app that you can ask questions about RxJS and it will read back like operator definitions and stuff to you. It's it's really awesome. Um, so that's that's my pick. I think that's amazing. Uh, other than that, Angie Angie Cruz. Oh, that's your pick. Yeah, Angie Cruz. Yeah, you're gonna be speaking. Dustin's gonna be speaking. Broccoli's gonna be speaking. So we have like a ton of different speakers. And if you want to come chill out for like a week on a cruise, um, it's actually the same price as going to a conference, if not cheaper, because all the food's included and everything. So that's fun. Yes. Maybe we can get Ben to do something weird. I'm, I mean, I'm sure that will happen. Yeah. What are my picks? Plus there's sun and palm trees. I mean, Caribbean. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm going to do a thing on a beach. So I went to Key West recently, and I, lo I love traveling all over the world, but I was actually really surprised that, like, in Key West, Florida, you have this amazing beach called Bahia Honda, B-A-H-I-A, based Honda, and it's, like, the most beautiful beach. Like, if you want to go to the Maldives, great. You can go to Bahia Honda, and you can, like, walk out the water so shallow forever like straight up deep into the whatever and it's like it's i mean it's just as good as going to the maldives so i would recommend going there and um i'll plug this.javascript too so if you go to this.co slash javascript um every quarter we're doing this sort of like state of things in different frameworks and libraries um so the first one's january 28th it's going to be amazing it's on a saturday so people don't have to take time off of work um check it out Cool. Cool. And we're going to have a show coming up on, uh, we're going to talk about Angie Cruz and uh, also going to talk about the contributor days at, at one point. I think we're doing a show on that. So be on the lookout for that. Yeah. Angie awesome. um, Cruz is going to be, um, uh, Jeff is going to be on it. Jeff Cross and then I think a few other folks. So kids, he'll be doing our keynote for Angie Cruz. Cool. We get him to do weird things. Yeah. He's, he's usually game for weird stuff. <laughs> usually involving his beard. <laughs> Yeah, he, he when he was on uh, recently, he made me break out my uh, garden hose. I don't know. I, I wasn't going to do it, but something about Jeff just kind of brings it out in you. I don't know. <laughs> hey, do me a favor and go out and get your garden hose. I, don't know. I, I think that's how it went. I, I, I think he, yeah, I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. Oh my God, oh Internet my doesn't lie, right? It's out there somewhere. Uh, Austin, what do you got? actually don't have anything today. I used them all on my last show, I think. <laughs> but I'm going to unsubscribe now. Mike. <laughs> Mike, you got something, Mike? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just uh, signed up for uh, Dave Getty's uh, Flexbox tutorial. Um, I just signed up for that, had that in my inbox, started reading about it, picked up a crossbow, going to uh, attack some zombies, protect myself, learning Flexbox. So it looks pretty creative, and I'll be looking forward to reading through that uh, later today. That's really cool. I was just messing around with that, um, the new Flexbox stuff in Angular. It's pretty awesome. Pretty cool. All right, my pick is a uh, Netflix original series called Hip Hop Evolution. I'm a pretty big hip hop fan and uh, got stuck watching that last night and got to sleep pretty late. So check that thing out. 
Oh, I've got Netflix picks. My my net my Netflix things that I've watched recently were really good were the OA, which is it's kind of a it's a really weird like sci-fi mystery series that's about I think eight episodes long. And then there's another one called um, uh, Glitch, which I think was filmed in Australia. And it's six episodes long, and it's that one's really crazy. It's it's uh, again, it's kind of sci-fi-ish. Basically, like people in this town like crawl up out of their own graves, even if they've been dead for like a hundred years, in perfect health. And there's like a mystery as to why they did. So, you know, that's it's it's pretty pretty crazy, but I like it. It was really good. By the way, for those of you who are wondering on the questions, um, is the Slack public for RxJS? Um, the this dot one is private for your your events, but is there a public RxJS that people can join, or is it just for the team? Uh, no, it's it's just for the team. Uh, uh, Slack actually uses RxJS, so actually the the Slack team app that everyone uses yeah. has RxJS five in it. But um, yeah, that one's that one's private. They don't want us abusing the Jesus stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so. Cool. All right, Mike. Mike actually has one more pick that squeezes this thing in. Yeah, I just went looking for questions on Twitter, and I just saw that uh, Webpack 2.2 final release is out. So FYI, uh, Webpack is now final. Mm. All packs. Congrats to the Webpack team. All yeah. the packs. Gonna make a Webpack song. Give us those packs. Cool. All right, well, thanks a ton to our guest, Tracy, Ben, for coming on and uh, enlightening us on RxJS. And good luck with the Rx Workshop. Again, that's rxworkshop.com. Uh, thanks for the code, Angular Air, that people can get a discount on. And check that thing out and get to observing. Thanks, everyone. Have a good one. We'll catch you next week. Thanks.